The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 33. So today we're going to spend a little time on the spiritual side of things. I know I usually like to talk a lot about truth and logic and some of those mental things, but you know, spirituality and Christianity and New Age Christianity isn't complete without some elements of the spiritual world. And today I want to talk to you about how do you actually follow spirit? How do you actually hear from God? How do you hear from the other side, if you will? And how do you make decisions based on, you know, what is it? Is it intuition? Is it signs? Is it omens? Is it prophecies? Is it because you got something in your cheeseburger and it's giving you a message? Like, what is it that the spiritual realm uses to speak to us? How do you hear it? And And is it possible to kind of create your own language? Is it possible to create your own toolbox of spiritual language? I believe so, and I'm hoping to help you figure some of this out. Well, here we are, New Age Christian family. I uh, personally... This type of subject is one of my favorite things to talk about around a cigar and a glass of bourbon with some friends of mine and be able to kind of uh, do a give and take in, you know, their own personal journeys and asking questions and and having a great discussion around this kind of spiritual side of life. It is one of those things I haven't spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about, not because I don't have anything to say, but because it's difficult to convey certain things about spirituality in audio format or in non in non-personal format you know the reality is that we think so often that because you understand something that means you know how to do it right oh well, I, I learned about meditation so I know how to meditate really like spiritual stuff is not mental ascent and so I want to just come right out of the gate and say guys I'm going to share some of the tricks of the trade, you know, whatever, of being who I am, some of my favorite tools that I live with in following spirit, following, you know, call it the Holy Spirit, call it life, call it spirit in general, God, you know, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, there's lots of names for it. But it is essentially a wisdom that is beyond your conscious mind's ability to understand and it is a intuitive way of life that it's the type of thing that when Jesus says, you know, hey, I need to go to Samaria, you know, we don't know. Did Jesus know that the woman at the well was going to be there waiting for him? Or did he just know that he needed to go there and he needed to be there? You know, it says you know, so many times in the life of Jesus or in the apostles or even Old Testament characters like this. I spent so much time in the church world with people, you know, because I come from a more logic-centered, Bible-centered, you know, miracles aren't really a thing, you know, where the spirituality stuff just seems like frou-frou, you know, fluff and stuff, because in reality, 
those people just don't know how to do it. And so I've mentioned my younger brother who I love dearly and I respect greatly uh, multiple times on this podcast. But one, I'll, I'll never forget the day that uh, we had a conversation about miracles and he is a cessationist. He believes that miracles don't happen anymore. At least he used to. And at the time he said, you know, Austin, miracles don't happen anymore. I said, well, then what do you do with all the miracles that happen? <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, I've seen miracles. They're I know people who've experienced miracles. Like, so if miracles don't happen anymore, how do you explain reality? And um, he looked at me like I had three heads. And he said, dude, I've never seen a miracle. I don't know anybody who's experienced a miracle. And I said, dude, have you ever YouTubed it? And I said, if you YouTubed it and you saw these things, then what would your conclusion be? And then he'd be like, well, I guess I'd conclude that they're faking it. And I said, so what you're saying is if you don't believe it, you'll never see it. But if you believe it, you see it everywhere. Right? So faith, <laughs> and believe, I mean, you can find evidence for what it is you believe. If you believe miracles don't exist, guess what? You won't find them. And if you believe miracles do exist, then you'll find them everywhere in the smallest things. And so this is about kind of uh, walking the line between saying, hey, what you believe, do you believe this is possible? Do you believe there's a way of being? And at the same time, acknowledging that just having a mental ascent is not enough. These are muscles, right? Their spirituality is a muscle. It's no different than being good at being a boss at work. Like just because you got the position doesn't mean you're a great manager. Does it just because you started a company doesn't mean you're a good entrepreneur. Just because you had a baby doesn't mean you're a good parent. Like you are spiritual. Doesn't mean you're good at it. And so you might suck at being spiritual. And step number one is the awareness of saying, man, I kind of suck at being spiritual. I'm stuck in my head. I'm stuck in the mentality of knowledge and information. And I think that because I learned something, because I heard it on this podcast, that I can do it. I would be remiss to not immediately come out of the gate and say, look, I'm going to share some things that I use, some tools that I use. I'm going to do my best to convey how I use them, why I use them, how they work and everything like that. On level one, you're going to have to believe that they work, right? There's some spiritual tools are not, I mean, they're spiritual. They're, <laughs> they're woo-woo. They're weird. So if you don't believe that they work, then they're not going to work for you. So, you know, if you don't believe in miracles, you won't see miracles. If you don't believe that uh, signs and omens can speak to you, then they won't speak to you and so on and so forth. But on top of that, believing in it works is great. But if you don't put in the effort, if you, again, you can have a baby, it doesn't make you a good parent. Like become a good spiritual person. Like be, you are spiritual. You know, you have a spirit. Doesn't mean you're good at it. And I would be remiss to not kind of hold your feet to the fire at the beginning and say, look, I'm going to teach you some stuff. If you don't actually use it, don't fool yourself into thinking you're good at it. Don't fool yourself into thinking you can do it. I've had plenty of people come and go out of my teaching and out of my quote unquote ministry who have heard all this information, have gotten puffed up in their heads and think, I know all this stuff. I am so smart. And then they go and live life exactly the same. And they'll tell people how to sense, you know, spiritual things or, or they can tell people how muscle testing works. or they can tell people about signs and omens. And then you ask them, well, when was the last time, you know, you actually had to wrestle through any of that? Oh, I don't, I, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get this like, oh, so you don't actually know what you're talking about. 
So I can promise you one thing. The things I want to share today, I know what I'm talking about. I've lived them. I use them all the time. There is a list. I'm working on a class. It's probably going to be a free class. Maybe not. Maybe five bucks or something like that. An, e, an e-learning class on the website of spiritual communication. And there is a list. I think it's 40 different types of communication, all the way from prayer and the Bible to tarot cards and you know psychics. Like Spiritual communication is... A vast subject. What I want to give you today are honestly my three favorite. Outside of, and heck, even more in the last few years, I used to use the Bible a bunch for spiritual communication where, I don't know, I, I would kind of have this sense of something I was asking, a question I was asking, and I would go study it and everything, and then I would find these answers, and the scriptures were a huge communicator for me. But the last six, seven years, it's been, I read the Bible so many times and I studied it so intensely for so long that I use scriptures all the time, but I know the principles. You know, I <laughs> I had a conversation with a friend of mine, I don't know, maybe it was two years ago now. And I said, at some point, like, did Jesus, <laughs> like, we don't have any record of him constantly going back into the library to study the scriptures more. Right. At some point you read it like, hey, the Bible's really, really good. Uh-huh. I read it a lot. And I still go back to it if I've got questions. I'm not saying I know it all. I'm just saying I know what it says. I know like there's no other book in the world that you read over and over and over and over and over and over again and tell yourself you've never read it. Like, so, yeah, I've read the Bible and it was a huge thing for me. Obviously, prayer is one. I mean, I'm kind of mentioning these two because of the Christian side, because I know a lot of these podcasts have been leaning more Christian. Um, And so this audience has those things, and I think they're awesome. I'm not going to talk about prayer or the Bible today. I'm going to talk about three tools, specifically muscle testing, signs and omens, and then the third one would be synchronicities, or essentially um, using a clock, digital clocks. So those are the three tools that I use consistently and that have changed my life. And again, I'm going to try to convey these to you, give you some how-tos, maybe some basic introduction. And then just because you've heard this podcast doesn't mean you're good at it. It doesn't mean you know how to do it. Go do it. Use those. Again, there's a much larger list of spiritual tools that I'm working on on the website. And I don't know when it'll be up. I'm, I'm done making promises with the website. So I'm sorry. Life is really freaking crazy right now. And it's amazing. And I've been using every one of these spiritual tools in it. But it's super difficult to be efficient with my time these days. Sorry about the classes and all of those promises. I'm working on it. And uh, when spirit brings it to my forefront, I will do it. And that's a little hint. Hint number one. Um <laughs> is that spiritual communication has become the thing that I live by. And I'm kind of done doing anything that isn't led by, essentially, at the core, it's the intuition, right? That is your role in God, and I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, about being God in the flesh. It is your intuition that you are meant to live by. Your mind is meant to be a tool. It is not meant to be your master. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a way of living in conditional heaven where, you know, if I have this in my life, it's good. If I don't have it, it's bad. And if you want to live in the kingdom of heaven that is within you, you have to live from a different place. And that place is your intuition. That place is your heart. That place is a trust of life that is always flowing and it is for you and coming through you and it is is you. So 
I don't do anything anymore that's not led by my intuition. And hence, the classes are my intention and they're in there, but they haven't come to the forefront. I know I am learning a ton of stuff right now from God and from spirit that I am excited to share with this community, but it's going to take some time to assimilate into my own life. I try not to convey anything that I don't personally already know how to live. And if I do, then I give it the caveat of, hey, I'm figuring this out and you know, figure it out with me. I do enjoy journeying with people. So I don't mind sharing what I'm learning right now. It's just I'm not going to stand in the form of a teacher to do it. So muscle testing, signs and omens, and synchronicity. So I don't know how long this episode will be. I'm already 13 minutes in. And uh, these are my three favorite tools. And muscle testing is kind of my litmus test for anything that I think Spirit is saying. So let me back up for a second. If you've never heard of muscle testing, it's also often called applied kinesiology or kinesiology. A lot of chiropractors use it um, or naturopaths will use it for treatment. Um, it is a medical thing. It's not just some spiritual woo-woo new agey thing. I mean, they're literally muscle testing is proven to be legitimate. And here's how it works. And, and I'm going to hopefully not botch up the scientific process of it. But Muscle testing is essentially using your body and its muscles to communicate with itself and with your spirit and or your soul. So the muscle testing can communicate with all three parts of you, your, your body, your soul, or your spirit. And it essentially is a binary yes-no feedback system that is meant to convey whether or not you are congruent with something outside of you or something you, you've just said or something you're feeling. Again, body, mind, or body, spirit, and soul. So, you know, think of it as like, it can tell you if it's true or false, if it's yes or no, or if it's something you like or dislike. So on a, on a naturopathic level, first time I ever came in touch with muscle testing, a friend of mine was having some back trouble and could not figure it out. And he went to a chiropractor who used applied kinesiology. And this chiropractor would have him hold different pills, uh, like vitamins, like vitamin B, vitamin D, zinc, whatever like that. And then would muscle test my friend and figure out what it was that his body was wanting and what it was that his body did not want. So, you know, the mechanics of muscle testing, there are videos all over YouTube. My favorite, I'm going to show you in a bit, is actually the pendulum test because it's one you can do by yourself. There's lots you can do by yourself. But in general, when you're first getting into muscle testing, it is best to do it with somebody who's done it before. And they'll typically use your arm. If you're looking at the video, you know, you'll put your arm straight out to your side or straight out in front of you. And you don't put a lot of strength in your arm. Um, you just hold it there, put enough energy to hold your arm out. And then you get somebody else to very lightly press on your wrist, not on your hand or your forearm, but on your wrist. And if your arm stays locked, and when I say very lightly, I mean very lightly. So if you say something that is true, such as my name is Austin, and somebody pressed on my arm, my arm would stay strong. And if I said my name is Sally and they pressed on my arm, I actually wouldn't be able to keep my arm up because it's a lie. It's not true. It's not congruent with who I am. So I am Austin is strong. I am Sally is weak. 
And so my friend was doing this, but he was he was doing it with holding different substances. So as an example, the chiropractor told him, held, gave him a, um, a chlorine tablet and he held it and the guy couldn't keep his arm up. And then he gave him a vitamin B tablet and he kept his arm up very strongly. There's different ways to do this. The arm out test is typically the most popular for beginners. Again, there's YouTube videos galore. I'm not going to belabor the point for, you know, on how to do this and how to give you the different ways. So it works with true, false, like, dislike, yes, no. So I am Austin. I am Sally. That is true, false. You can literally ask questions. So another thing would be, I can ask a question of my inner self or of my body. Um, Essentially, and you can verbalize it like, I am happy, right? Maybe you don't know. And you can actually test whether or not you're happy. And that's where you get like a yes or a no. Or you can actually just think about something that you like or dislike. So maybe you can't stand Trump. You can literally envision Trump or say the name Donald Trump and have somebody press on your arm. And if you don't like him, it will be a dislike, which means it will it be your arm will go weak. Maybe you love Trump. Maybe you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and he's saving the country. Then your arm will say strong because you like Trump. Okay. So muscle testing, if you're driving right now, or even if you're just listening anywhere and you've never done this, one of my favorite little parlor tricks, it works about 95% of the time. Uh, Each test, each person is different, right? It's an organic process. It's not mechanic. So if this doesn't work for you, just don't worry about it, but this works for most people. I don't think I've had anybody it didn't work for, but uh, one of my favorite is the swallow test. So I don't recommend using this one regularly because eventually your throat starts to hurt. But if you just stare straight ahead and put and with your chin up, with your chin parallel to the ground and put your eyes down towards the ground, not like sharp down, just, just slightly down. And so your eyes and your chin are the visual path of your eyes goes below your chin. And what this does is this connects you with your emotions. And that's, I learned from Psyche. Psyche learned it from Brain Gym. So if you look down just slightly with your eyes, keep your chin level and you say your name. So say, my name is Austin and then swallow. Obviously don't use Austin. Use your own name. So my name is fill in the blank swallow. Now, same thing. But do it again and use a name that is not your own. So my name is, and then use a name that isn't yours. So my name is Sally, and then swallow. And if you're doing it right now, you'll actually realize that you can't swallow when you're lying to yourself. That literally your throat gets stuck. You can't swallow because you just told a lie. It's a super fun little trick to do with people because it is easy. You don't have to do anything weird. You can do, all you're doing is saying a name and you're swallowing. It's, not, it's totally non-invasive. But what it is, is that your body is incongruent with your confession. Your body is incongruent with something. And it is literally the electromagnetic pulses through your muscles, through your body, that are reacting to where if you're in a stressed state, in a lying state, in an incongruent state of any way that your muscles literally react on that level, literally so fine-tuned that you can just say, you know, no, I'm totally fine, right? How often is that a lie? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. 
Really? You want to muscle test that? <laughs> so it's the electromagnetic pulses in your muscles and in your body actually showing you, nope, this is something that is not congruent, whether it's a like, dislike, a yes or a no, or a true false. So this, by the way, was the system with the Urim and the Thinim that the high priest of Israel used. This was the white stone and the black stone. It was literally a yes, no binary system. So my favorite method, I'm going to use this in the camera, is a pendulum. If you haven't heard me talk about, I have a yin and yang necklace that is my favorite, or it is my representation of Jesus as the logic of the universe and uh, the yes and the no of the universe. And if you can see it in the camera, right, this is me not doing, I'm trying to be as still as I can, this is me not doing anything. But if I say my name is Austin, I'm not doing this on purpose. You can see my pendulum going left and right. If I say my name is Sally, and I get really good results with the pendulum, you can now see my pendulum going forward and back, right? And so what you can do with this is you can ask yes, no questions, and you can discover what's really going on inside of you. And there's so much more you can do with this that uh, I'm only going to scratch the surface. But the pendulum test is my favorite. I do it by myself. I wear that necklace everywhere I go. If you hang out with me very, very long, very many times, you will see me pull that thing out. And I will just kind of discreetly test something. You can use your fingers and you can kind of do this. You can, different versions of, you know, pulling your fingers apart lightly. You can put your fingers, your index finger through loop in your fingers and push that through. Again, you can only see these on the camera. Go check them out on YouTube. There's plenty of things out there to show you how to do it. And I'm sure you probably know somebody who does it because it's becoming more and more popular, especially in uh, spiritual uses. So what is it used for? One, you know, psyche and emotion code are my two favorite uses. Those are obviously the energetic realities of your spirit and soul. Psyche I say, obviously, you don't know what I'm talking about. Psyche deals with beliefs and emotion code deals with emotions. So you know that you have beliefs and you have emotions. You hold your beliefs in your spirit. You hold your emotions in your soul. And, you know, we have all these confessions in the church. I am prosperous. I am loved. I am da, da, da. Really? Muscle test that. You know how many people I've tested when they say I am prosperous? You know how many people actually tested strong? One. He was on this podcast a few episodes ago, Ron Hale, when we first did Psyche, he tested strong to I am prosperous or something of that nature. Most of us, most Christians who believe that we're, you know, prosperous and chosen, we have a poverty belief and we actually believe that we're poor and we're supposed to be poor. And you can test that and you can test belief statements. That's what Psyche is for. If you're interested, hit me up. I am actually a practitioner and uh, it's a great tool. Then you get emotion code. Emotion code is essentially the same thing using muscle testing for emotions and trapped emotions specifically. So you can actually trap your nervous system is an emotion generating machine. And so your nervous system goes to all different parts of your body. And typically your different emotions actually energetically originate from different organs. And Emotion Code has actually taken that science. It's actually a pretty ancient science from China as far as meridians. And they are proving it to be true that, uh, you know, 
I think, you know, like anger is held in your kidneys and grief is held in your stomach and stuff like that. And I could be wrong on what organs they are, but you get the point. And we lock these things in our body and then we wonder why we get, you know, kidney stones or we wonder why we get lung cancer because we're literally experiencing things in life that we're not releasing. And there's energies, literally balls of energy known as emotion that get trapped in your body and they aren't allowed to flow and they create sickness and disease. And so the releasing of emotions and you can use muscle testing to find those emotions and then you can use different techniques to release them. And so, and Psyche has techniques to change your emotions. I've taken both of these modalities and put them together and kind of morphed them for different things that I've learned. And I have something called Belief IQ. Um, that site is up, although there's still a lot of work to be done on it. But BeliefIQ.com is something that I've kind of taken these things and launched with. But I highly recommend Emotion Code, uh, Psyche, Body Code. If you've not heard of tapping or EFT, that's part of this. So there's lots of different things you can use. Now, that's some of the ways to use it. One of my favorite ways is leading to signs and omens, one of my second uh, spiritual communication thing on the list. So before I get into signs and omens specifically, I want to define the difference. You know, because of modern Hollywood and modern, uh, I'd say ignorance, I guess. Because of that, you probably think omens are bad, right? And, you know, fine. I would say... The difference between signs and omens are signs are things that you have asked for, communication that you have asked for, and omens are communication you did not ask for. Whether it's good or bad, you get a sign that you've asked for, no different than Gideon asking for a sign where the fleece would be wet and the ground would be dry, the ground would be dry, the fleece would be wet. You get the point. Point being is, is that signs are typically things we've asked for. Omens, I would say, are things that we have not asked for. And so this can be anything. One of my favorite little stories is I was dealing with something, the last church I was at before we shut it down, there was some challenges going on with some members of the worship team and their family, and it was creating some disruptions that they were getting to the point where it was causing problems for me. It was, I was taking the stress home with me, which I don't normally do. I usually leave stuff at work. And I had this scripture in my mind of it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And the idea is if you don't take care of the little things, eventually they'll kill everything. And so it was a little thing, but it was starting to spoil the vine. It was starting to just wear at everything that we were building as a worship team. And as I'm meditating on this verse, I turned down the road and in the rain, in the middle of the day, in the middle of, I live in a farming town, so it's not like this, you know, it's not like downtown, like a city, but it literally is downtown in the farming town next to the blinking light that we have. There's a fox and he starts running right alongside my truck for like half a mile, right alongside my truck. I know I'm in this small town, so I'm not going, I'm going like 35 miles an hour. And then at, just as I'm about to speed up, it speeds up, darts across the road in front of my truck and then continues down the road with me until my turn for about another quarter mile on the other side of the road and then runs off. So literally, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a fox do that, but I haven't. And this is as I'm meditating on this verse, it's the little foxes that spoil vine. Now, I didn't ask for this as a sign, but it certainly, I believe, was an omen. It was an answer or communication from spirit that yes, indeed... This was a fox that was spoiling the vine. And the question I had was, do I just let it keep going on or do I need to start dealing with it? 
because it was one of those things that just wasn't such a big deal, but it was becoming one. And so I decided I need to deal with it. And uh, lo and behold, it was a massive thing that I didn't even know existed until I started dealing with it. And it unearthed a lot of junk. And so that type of spiritual communication, I was, I'm going through something right now that a few weeks into it, I was wondering, like, should I keep going or should I just, you know, move on with life and kind of not go down this path? And that night, my wife and I are at the, the light parade. This is back in November. And an owl came and flew in the middle of a light parade with sound, like super loud, super bright, lots of people. And there was a smaller tree right next that we were standing right next to. And this owl came and sat on the branch right over my right shoulder for seven minutes, 10 minutes. I don't know how long. It was a very long time. This little screech owl came and just stared at me for, for the whole time. <laughs> And I knew it was carrying a message. And for me, um, one of the things you do when you get a sign or an omen is you have to interpret it. And one of the first things you do is going to carry the message that you need when you see it. So for me, I've learned how to surrender to knowing, okay, this is spirit speaking to me. What are you saying? And I immediately remembered um, Winnie the Pooh and Owl representing wisdom. And he was the intelligent one and the cool headed one. And so the message was essentially that there was wisdom and understanding on the other side of this experience if I would be cool-headed and I would, you know, take that owl position from Winnie the Pooh. Now, depending on your background, I talked to another friend of mine, Clint Harima, who's got a Native American background. He's not Native American, but he loves Native American spirituality with Tom Brown and, and the Tracker School and Grandfather. And he said, dude, I'm just telling you the tradition. For me, it would have meant run, get the hell out of there, because owls represent death. They fly in the darkness. They are silent. They come, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of an owl fly over you. They Literally, their wings absorb sound. It's kind of awesome. And so he said, I'm just telling you, you know, you said that the message was wisdom and all that. I'm just telling you, if I would have seen it, I would have interpreted it differently. And so guess what? Spirit knows that, right? I'm telling you now, six months later, that absolutely there has been wisdom, tons of wisdom um, on the other side of this experience. And I'm glad that I've stayed engaged. Had I not had that message from Spirit, I wasn't asking for a sign, but I was certainly meditating a lot on it. So I don't know if it was a sign or an omen. It was kind of both. I didn't specifically ask for it. So technically an omen, but I knew what it was immediately. And so... Those are just two examples of things that happen. And those are more f kind of big. Uh, another story I think I've told a few times is about how I got the book, The Four Agreements. If I haven't told it, just real quick. Talking to Christopher Teasdale one day about The Four Agreements. A couple days later, somebody else brings up The Four Agreements. A couple days later, somebody else brings up The Four Agreements. Then I'm on the phone with a service company on the phone. He talks to me about The Four Agreements for like an hour. While we're talking, I pull it up on Amazon I'm going to buy it for my business trip. I choose not to buy it because I won't get it shipped to me in time. So I'm going to go the next day to the store and buy it and take it with me. I have a meeting with my business partner before then. As I'm about 10 minutes from going to the store to go buy this book, he pulls it out of his bag and his mom had given it to him. And he was kind of laughing about it, saying he was never going to read it. He doesn't know why his mom gave it to him. And I, my jaw hit the floor. 
because I had literally been getting communication from Spirit about the four agreements to the point where my business partner slaps it down on the table in front of me and says, this stupid book, I'm never going to read it. And I laughed and I said, well, I was about to go buy this book. And he said, well, apparently Spirit wants you to have it. Yes, yes, he did. And it has changed my life. So, you know, that's even, that's, I mean, clearly that's an omen, but that's like next level stuff. It's, there's all sorts of communications. And this one's not on my list, but I am feeling led to share it is a lot of times God will speak through music or spirit will speak through music. If you have lyrics and stuff playing in your mind, you can't get a song out of your head and you don't know why the song's in your head, especially when you didn't listen to it, right? If you wake up that morning and you suddenly have a Coldplay song in your head that you haven't listened to in years, pay attention to the lyric that is stuck in your mind because it is your spirit or your soul, either or, that is trying to say something. Go look up the lyrics of the song and you will find, oh my gosh, this does, for some reason, it speaks to this thing that I'm working through. Another one is that I found is the meditation, and this is the meditations of your heart. Another one is when you're meditating on a TV show or a movie for some reason, and you're like, I remember the day I learned this lesson, I was working on re-roofing my pole barn. And I could not stop thinking about the last season of Arrow that I was watching and just the dynamics of the team and everything like that. And I realized it was like four hours later. I'm like, why can't, holy moly, I'm, I'm like obsessed with this TV show. What the heck? And I realized, whoa, wait a minute. My heart is meditating on this TV show because that's my life right now. And it's easier to meditate on a TV show and see the wisdom. Because I remember look, thinking about the main character in, in the TV show, thinking, oh, what an idiot. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And really, I was talking to myself because I was doing the same stuff, but I couldn't see it unless I was meditating on something outside of myself. So music and things that your heart meditates on, music, TV shows, movies, books, plots, everything like that, like pay attention to those too. But uh Signs and omens, you know, the two skills that you need when you get those is you need an awareness. You need an awareness that it is a sign or an omen, right? How many weird things have you seen? And people go, oh, that's weird. And then they move on. For me, if I see anything that is not normal, I immediately check and see if it's a sign or an omen. How do I check and see? Well, I've gotten better at at immediately recognizing it. But you know what I still use? Muscle testing. (laughs) You know, if I see something weird and I wonder, know if it's carrying a message or if somebody repeats the same, you know, if I drop my fork five times at dinner for some reason, I'll check. Is this carrying a message? Am I, is there something I'm dropping, right? If somebody mentions the same book to me four times or different people mention, I'll check. Is this carrying a message? Should I, should I, and I will muscle test, you know, dropping my fork is carrying a message. Yes. The message is about a belief. Yes. And then I'll go into psyche or whatever. Um, sometimes it's not a belief. Sometimes it's somebody's it's awareness, whatever it is, but I use muscle testing a lot to confirm if I'm getting a message. The other one is just sensing like the owl. I didn't need to muscle test. If the owl was carrying a message, I knew it was carrying a message. The Fox, I knew it was carrying a message. And typically the better you get at this, you won't even need to muscle test what the message is, you know, weird synchronicities or weird things like dropping your fork over and over. I mean, how many times have you done stuff like that? Or, you know, we, (laughs) It gets funny when you see people doing that, you know, where they drop their fork and they're talking to you and then they bend it over and then they like immediately drop it again and like, what the heck? And then they drop it and then it falls off their plate like three minutes later and you're like, what? This is, I think we've all seen that. And I believe that is literally spirit telling you something. 
And uh, so awareness is absolutely the number one key to signs and omens and then sensing. And then I would say muscle testing is the second, you know, those two things. So then the third and probably the most prominent um, day to day, moment to moment, hour by hour communication that I have with spirit is what I would call synchronicities. I call them syncs for short, S-Y-N-C-S. And uh, it is about using digital clocks. So one of the misnomers about synchronicities is that all the numbers mean the same thing for same people. So, you know, if you ever seen 1111 and you Google it, it's, it drives me nuts when people go, I'm going to Google it. Why does Google? That's what other people's spiritual journey has di- dictated. The uh, synchronicities are not like English, right? They are customized to you. And guess what? You can customize them. So for me, 1111 or 1212 or 1010 or 444 or 555 means I'm on track or I am congruent with what I'm going through. I'm congruent with where I'm supposed to be. That means I'm on track and everything's great. And typically, if life is just normal mundane, I don't see synchronicities because I don't need to, right? It's life is life. But when I'm going through stuff or I'm learning stuff or I'm kind of meditating on stuff, if I see 11, 11, 12, 12, 10, 10, 444, 333, 222, you get the point, then I know that I'm on track and and then where I'm at is good. And so it just means everything's in a line, if that makes sense. Everything's in alignment. If you Google it, you'll see some people with that answer. You'll see some people with other answers. I'm telling you, don't Google it. Create your own language. Set your own intent. I set these intents and they work. So if I see synchronicities on the clock where there is a dip, so like 404, 505, uh, 919, you know, 919, um, then I basically it looks like bookends, right? There's the four on one side and the four on the other side. And I know that I'm in between two things. It may be in between two lessons, in between two seasons, in between two choices, whatever it is. I know that I've got bookends and I'm in between. One has ended, one is about to start, but I'm in between. Okay. And then another one is when you see the clock in sequential order. And for me, I haven't distinguished between whether it's going up or down. So if it's 321, if it's 321, or if it's 123, I don't care. It's that it's sequential order. And for me, that means I'm in transition, right? I'm in the middle of some change. I'm, And so typically if I'm, or that transition is coming, and, then, and I have one specific one that I use for significant transition, and it's pretty creepy when it, ha- when it how accurate it is. But that one, two, three, you know, three, two, one, four, five, six, you know, all those different things, they mean I'm in transition or I'm about to transition, i.e., or the point being transition. And then last but not least is I have saved uh, one, two, three, four, so twelve, thirty-four as a very specific communication for significant change in my life. And um, if I were able to convey the times that it has shown up, I mean, I look at the clock all the time, like anybody does. I see things like 11, 11, 12, 12, 808, you know, all those, all the time. And I, I guess I should probably explain what happens when I'm not in congruence, because that's when it's really valuable. But I'll get there in a second. So I see things all the time, but you would be amazed at how many times I look at the clock and it's 1235 or 1236. And it's not 1234 because I have specifically set that communication to be very meaningful. 
and I rarely ever see the clock at 1234, 1234, because of my intent behind that number. Um, and when I do see it, I know it means business. This is all great if you're on track or in between things, but how do I use it to kind of keep me on track? And that is, if I regular and this, by the way, doesn't mean I, I looked at the clock once and it was 11.11. It means I looked at the clock multiple times today. It was 11.11, 12.12, 4.44, and 6, you know, uh, 6.54. Sometimes there's a, a lot of times there's a mixture um, and they mean different things. You know, it means I look at the clock throughout the day, a few days in a row. I'm not saying, oh, I saw the clock. It was 12.12 today. My life's going to change. Like, did you see it more than once? Did you see other things? So, you know, you balance it out with the fact that, yeah, you can look at the clock and it can just be on. So it's a consistency in, in, you know, how often it shows up. But if I look at the clock and let's say it's 11.10 or 11.12, if it's one off, you know, it's 4.45, it's 4.43. And I do that consistently where I look at the clock and it's one off and it's been a couple days straight. It's been multiple times in the day then I will know that I'm actually slightly off from where I'm supposed to be, that I may be meditating on something that Spirit's teaching me and my conclusion is actually wrong. Or I may be thinking about making a particular decision and I shouldn't. O-M-G, guys. I'm still kind of in the middle of the most difficult season my life has ever had. And if I didn't have these tools, and I would dare say synchronicities on the moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour tools... Because you think about stuff all the time and you meditate. Well, maybe this is the lesson. And you start kind of going down that path. And then all of a sudden you realize that you've been looking at the clock a couple days and you've been just lightly off. It's amazing that you can have a clock be a thing that changes your spiritual meditation. Because you're realizing, oh, maybe I'm a little off. And then it causes you to question. And then you change it. You go, oh, that's right. And then what do you know? It's 444 right now as I'm talking on my clock. So it is woo-woo. I'll admit. Synchronicities, muscle testing, uh, signs and omens. But I ask you, you know, what, especially with muscle testing, I mean, what do you, the the science behind it, it's used for other things. But I mean, what do you expect the unseen realm to use to speak to you? And the answer is anything it can. (laughs) You know, people that have this like, if it's not a dream or a prophecy or from the Bible, then it's not God. Really? Because just if the Bible you read has a bunch of other examples, including casting lots, which essentially, you know, the modern version of <laughs> gambling, and including using the Urim and the Thinum, which is the modern version of, or the historical version of muscle testing, even uh, reading things like tarot cards or, you know, different omen type things are in the Bible. They're used by biblical characters and they cast lots to figure out who was going to replace Judas right? They didn't pray about it and wait for the Holy Spirit. They cast lots to figure out who was going to be the 12th apostle. Come on. Like, it's time for the religious bullcrap to end. There are many, many ways that the spiritual realm speaks to us. And these are just some of my personal favorites. You might like, I, my other one is dreams. I may do a whole episode on dreams. I don't know. 
that's a whole nother thing because now you got interpretation and you've got particular, you know, what an elephant means to me not, may not mean the same thing to you. But the point is, what's spirit going to use to communicate to you? Anything. Anything it can. And it takes an awareness. And I'm here to tell you, you can actually program and create your own language. I have a set of tools in my spiritual tool belt that I have worked on. Some of the tools that other people use that I love dearly, I don't use. They just don't work for me or they don't speak to me. They don't resonate with me. I have people, I know people that use the clock and synchronicities, but they have different programming for it. Whatever it is, you can create your own language. I've given you some of my favorites and I've attempted to try to help you with maybe how you could use them. But uh, if you have questions on maybe something that you've got, maybe you have a lot of visions or maybe you kind of have a prophetic insight or whatever. Maybe you like tarot cards. I've used tarot cards. I don't use them a lot. I use them when my intuition says I need to and there's a way in which they work and it's fine. Um, I use muscle testing. These ones I use the most. But point being is create your own toolbox, create your own language with spirit. And if you want help, if you YouTube it, hit me up. I'm hoping that sometime we will have a class that kind of touches and does this type of overview and all different, you know, 40 different types of communication. And um, I appreciate you guys' time. I appreciate the ability to share this stuff. I actually really like getting into some of the more woo-woo things too. And uh, hopefully it has helped you. As always, if you could consider, you know, take your uh, request to Spirit and see if he would have you donate. He, she, it, they would have you donate. I always appreciate that you would take the time to consider it. And don't forget to hit us up on the Facebook page at New Age Christianity. Uh, Share these posts, like these posts, and let's uh, keep spreading the message. God bless you guys. And uh, thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.